Uh, thank you, Mr. President, for this interview with me. Let's start off with something that's on a lot of Americans' minds right now. Uh, Joe Rogan has finally made the switch to Spotify, and there's some controversy on the episodes he's removed, and an overall fear that this may be a new, lame, mainstream-friendly era of JRE. Your thoughts? Look, Joe's not all there. Everybody knows it. And it's sad when you look at it and you see it. Did you see the latest episode with Miley Cyrus? And I thought she was the meanest, uh, the, the most horrible, most disrespectful. Of Mr. President, is there anything we can do to stop Joe Rogan? We cannot allow the righteous cries and peaceful podcasters to be drowned out by an angry Joe Rogan. The biggest victims of Joe Rogan are peace-loving citizens in our poorest communities. And as their president, I will fight to keep them safe. I will fight to protect you. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful podcasters. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Oh, president. I'll admit it. Whoa. I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge news, Sarah. No, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was marriages. And I moved on her very heavily. Oh. Uh, th fact, thank I you. I took her out furniture shopping. Okay. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took her out furniture. I moved in her like a bitch. Thank you, Mr. President. See her? She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. That's that's nice. Th thank you, Mr. President. Oh, fuck. Uh-oh. I got a pen mark. Anybody have any white? Do you have any white stuff? Hey everyone, welcome back to Lower Your Expectation. Uh, this is a late show, and I'm so sorry. I apologize. Um, said this would be weekly, and then it kind of turned into 10 days, and then over two weeks, what kind of lazy asshole can't put a, together a damn episode in two weeks? I share your frustration, okay? My life has always been a struggle with the person within me that wants to get things done and has all these ambitions and this lazy fucking pot smoking degenerate who says nah man like whatever we'll just like you know do it tomorrow or something so you know there's really no excuse except for that i've just been a little bit lazy about things and you know i just haven't been able to think of something funny to do uh which is a major bummer and i've also been kind of reconsidering how funny i want to make this show um, people do like the intro skits and, you know, the comedy, but I actually get more compliments whenever I'm kind of more serious about something or kind of more informative. I've been toying around with the idea of starting a new show, which, uh, hopefully I will do soon. That'll be a lot more researched and will be, uh, rated E for everyone that won't have uh, naughty language and stuff. Um, this show is still a great kind of outlet for me. Um, you know, I, I like it a lot. I was talking to someone before, you know, about, uh, like kind of, you know, the whole, you know, being on Facebook and, you know, you like got all these people saying their, their piece about whatnot and getting in fights and arguments. And one way that I stay out of that is that I keep my hot takes on my own damn show. I recommend it for anyone out there who's super annoying on social media about all of their opinions that I've heard a fucking million times from every other scared, <laughs> guilty white person, I've heard these same shit a million times. So get a show. It's really nice. You can get a show and you can, like me, just talk however you want. 
and your audience has to find you. You don't just like spam up their Facebook wall um, with your dumb conspiracy theories. Uh, you can use your your platform, if you will. So this is my platform. And uh, for today's uh, talk, uh, for today's talk, <laughs> for today's show, kind of want to talk about um, two things, two uh, things that are not a movie or video game. Uh, if you must know, I've been playing a ton of Pokemon recently. Uh, the uh, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. There's too many goddamn new Pokemon that I can't go in the other games. But uh, it always sucks me back in. I love that game. I've got it. On, I got it on my phone. I got a new new Pixel phone and uh, loaded up a GBA em- emulator. And I've been playing the hell out of that. So that's that's been it. And uh, movies and stuff. Um, really, uh, not that much. Just been YouTubing and you know trying to get back to work and stuff. But you know, I thought for today, I'm gonna try. Uh, a slightly more hot take, kind of political, um, slightly political show. More about the philosophy of of politics than anything. What inspired me to talk about the two points in the show that I want to go over, which is democracy and free speech. Um, what inspired me was a recent job that I did. Uh, I was on a video crew. I was told not to uh, share any of this shoot because it was kind of confidential. So I'm not going to share what I did. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, it was a confidential shoot, but I was with a crew of videographers and we were all different. We were, most of us didn't know each other and we all met up together at a Applebee's to discuss our game plan. And one of the worst things on a, uh, on a film crew that you can see happen. And if you, if you're on a fucking movie set and you're working for someone or a production and you witness this go on, big red flag should be popping off. And that is democracy. Democracy has no place on a set. It does not. If you were ever on a set and you see a director or anyone, a producer go, hey guys, um, what do you think? Uh, so, you know, what do you think? What kind of picture should we get here? Uh, you know, what kind of frame weight should we use? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should use 24 frames a second. Maybe we should use 60. What do you guys think? That is the worst fucking thing I can hear on a set. <laughs> and I started to kind of feel that happen on this just because it was it's a good client, but he's not a director. And you just like there, there's no democracy in these kind of things. It, it has to be like a military, like a Navy, like a ship. There's got to be a captain of the ship, right? So once we're sitting at Applebee's and I could tell that, you know, the client didn't really know what he wanted. Um, and we got all these videographers like chiming in like, hey, what, what we should, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. Um, and I immediately and I think I might have rubbed the guy the wrong way. As soon as he started like talking to me about like, you know, frame rates and shutter speeds and stuff, I straight up was like, sir, you seem like you know what you want to do with this. So I'm just going to I'm just going to chime in if I want to, but I'm going to, I'm going to put this in your hands and I just stopped talking because to me, the worst is that if you have all these videographers and we're all like, no, 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 we should do it this way. No, we should do it that way. Forget it. Democracy is, is way too inefficient for things like that. There must be a hierarchy of command. And I have no problem giving up the hierarchy or, or giving up the command or taking the command, but it has to be one or the other. I've seen so many video shoots just turn into just wastes of time for everyone because of a director that is not confident, that doesn't, you know, that that wants to kind of spread the blame if things don't work, and that's not the way it works. You go on a set, if you're a director, you live and die by your decisions, and just like on the USS Enterprise with Captain Picard, 
a good leader is decisive, looks for advice whenever they need it, but is decisive. If you watch, um, you know, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Picard is the best leader for that very reason. Picard isn't a total authoritarian, like, fuck everyone else's opinions and ideas. He loves to get the opinions of the crew. He he frequently does in every show. He goes, status, you know, or uh, what do you suggest? And he'll, he'll say things like that. But Picard doesn't stop and, and wait for a vote on something. There are many times where he has to make a decision immediately. Pretty much every show, that's what it is. That's that's the whole like conflict <laughs> is uh is that you know there's no time to like you know set a vote or anything. So what he does is he takes the information from everyone respectfully and he makes a decision and the crew agrees with it and they put their lives on the line uh th- because they trust in their captain. And that's you know what you have to do. And uh with democracy, it's the opposite. <laughs> and it's why for governments it is very safe and it is like I'm not saying that we shouldn't have democracy. I matter of fact, when it comes to the the state, I want it as much as possible because the bureaucracy is a break, okay? It is it is the slow friction of 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 people who want to have power in in governments that are democracies and republics. That bureaucratic break, I love it, baby. I love that to get anything done takes forever and you got to get everyone on board because that's you know what our founding fathers put in place to stop you know some sort of like terrible leader or some sort of you know uh authoritarian like dictator to come in and, and overrule it is our government simply works too slow to happen it's for that to happen now there are things like executive orders which are not democratic and which you should be very wary about um whenever you hear that kind of shit like because like the you know whenever you uh, hear an executive order happen that is the opposite that is basically the president deciding that no 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 my my rule is uh like i have the authority just to do this without any sort of uh you know uh bureaucratic process so th- that is different and, you know and and uh, you know you hear a lot um about especially with uh, with obama and trump you know people praise and hate them for the executive orders and i think you should always be just a little bit weary whenever that's used a lot. It it wasn't always used that much. It used to just be used just for war times and stuff where you do need that executive authority to make a decision immediately. But overall, governments rule whenever they're or not rule. They rule in the sense that they're awesome whenever they're slow. That's the way it should be. Every every time in history bad things have happened with uh with people and and uh, authoritarianism has risen it's whenever the government can move quickly it's whenever someone can come in and say hey let's just change the rules really quick because we need to and we have to go in and i also know with a lot of like my friends my progressive friends they i think i think they secretly kind of hate that we have this old document i've heard this before that oh why are we ruled by a by a 200 year old rule like you know uh, lawless that doesn't make sense which changed all the time no guys that is another one of the breaks that we have to stop a dictator from coming over is that we that is that we are ruled by laws i love that in a way um you know because the people can be swayed but 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 rules can't like a written piece of paper can't be swayed either way and now we can amend it and we can change things. But, um, you know, I'm a big believer that it, that it's really nice that we have 
a list of things that that are like that are sort of our um there are boundaries if you will um there are kind of no go lines and a, there's actually a lot of like a psych psychology training or I'm sorry I shouldn't say psychology training there's a lot of self help <laughs> material that is about doing this that is about setting those no go boundaries where you can get in trouble and I've had this happen to me before with meeting new people and having new friends and stuff is letting that go is not having those baseline like hey if someone does this I like I I don't support it and that's just not who I am and I won't let that happen whenever you start kind of pushing away those boundaries or you go yes you start saying yes all the time which is the biggest trap word in the English language is, is yes. <laughs> yes. Anytime you say yes, you are falling into a trap. <laughs> Just remember that it is like it, it. No is is freedom. No is the freest word on earth. Yes is the most trapping. <laughs> so if we have if you have a, a system of government or a system of your own morals and ethics that is yes focused, that is always yes, yes, yes you will you will go into corruption immediately no is what you need to be saying as much as you can to things um at least if you want to have a healthy uh life that has you know boundaries that you uphold and that you don't get sucked into um you know doing the wrong thing you know just once or twice it's actually very very helpful too with uh, people with addictions and stuff is to set those boundaries that's why a lot of people who, you know, uh, have a problem with drinking or something have to say zero drinking. They have to set up that boundary, that rule that you just don't, you just don't cross it because otherwise you start bending the rules a little bit. And then next thing you know, oh, it's just a drink on my birthday. And then, oh, it's just a drink after work. And then, oh, it's a drink at lunch. And then it's a drink in the morning. That's how it fucking happens. So it's good to set those boundaries. And that's one thing that I really like about uh, our government and our Bill of Rights is that we have boundaries, you know, and we have these boundaries on things that for the government, for the for 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 the powers in charge is very dangerous for them to for, to give us um, one of which is freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is incredibly dangerous. It is. It causes violence. It causes dissent. It causes overthrow. It, for many, many countries, that that is just not allowed because it's too dangerous. And it's the same thing with the Second Amendment. It is very dangerous, as we've seen, to just let anyone be armed. There, there, it's it, it's it's it would be in everyone's interest, really, to just simply say no, you can't have them, like they do in Europe and stuff. Is that no, you can't have it? But in America, we value our people as citizens and not subjects. And part of that, part of being a citizen and not a subject is having a freedom is uh, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, it's just like God in the garden of Eden. Um, you know, it would have been very, it would have been better for mankind if we just simply couldn't eat from the, eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If we just simply couldn't eat the fucking apple, if that was just impossible for us to do, if God just went down in the garden and just gathered up all those damn apples and made it to where these dumb monkeys can't take a bite out of them, then it, humanity would be much, much better off. But God gave us the free will. He, a, a, as a gift, in, in part of, of being free, 
is accepting the consequences of that freedom. You know, there's a there's a very cliche saying that people use all the time about like, you know, sadly, whenever they see like, you know, shootings and stuff is that they like to deride the the right by saying, oh, is this like the cost of freedom, you know, or something? And I I think it kind of is like it kind of is like if you if you're allowed to to, to be armed and have an armed populace every once in a while, someone's going to fucking abuse it in a terrible way. And other countries, whenever that happens, they just say, nope, like in New Zealand, nope, fucking take them all up. We don't need them. But in our country, like I said, we have these bottom line boundaries. And one of them is the Second Amendment that no matter what, no matter how many people, you know, scream and cry about it, um, we have the right to be armed. We have the right to be armed just in the same way that our government has the right to have arms against us. It's what makes it fair. You know, I see a lot of people, uh, you know, upset with the police and they wanted to fund the cops and all this. Why should the cops be allowed to have all these weapons and us not? You know what I mean? Like that, I don't really understand. You can't really have it both ways. <laughs> you can't be like, well, you know, the cops are evil, but also cops should only be the ones armed. No, no, it's not, not, not the way it should be. And, uh, and I say this, you know, as, as a, uh, as a gun owner, um, but also as a gun owner who really does not like a lot of other gun owners, you know, a lot of people should not have guns. Sadly, a lot of people do not take the responsibility of a firearm seriously. You know, I've met, I've met a lot of people, uh, especially since I'm from Texas and it'll kind of come out that I own guns who love to show off their pistols and their ARs to me. And, uh, you know, they're, they're big show offs about it. It's like, it's like a fashion thing to have the gun. And you see it all the time with these dumbasses going out to the protests and riots with the fucking gun slung around them and stuff. Um, I don't give a fuck about you showing off your firearms to me. I will never show off my firearms to you. I consider it a very serious responsibility that I, that I have a gun and that it is to never be used frivolously kind of just for fun with, with, except for hunting and skeet shooting, but none of this like, Oh, let's check it out. Let's, you know, let's, uh, you know, let, let, let's like, let's have a few beers and then maybe shoot some targets outside. Whenever I live in the country, I hate all that shit. Um, you know, I have almost been shot before myself. Uh, I have seen accidents nearly fucking kill people out in the country so I, I always tell my, I always tell my anti-gun friends, I'm as fucking scared as you are, if not more so of just any random person having a gun. It is a huge, huge responsibility. Um, it's something I've been taught from a very, very young age. And that has been instilled in me so much that one time I even called my father out who taught me about gun safety because, uh, we had a, a bachelor party in the countryside and of course, we're all drinking and stuff. And we live uh, out there in the country. I mean, in the middle of nowhere. It's like a hundred. It's over like one hundred and eighty thousand acres of like nothing. So you can like drive on the front lawn and just like shoot a gun. It's, no one's gonna care. It's not a big deal. It's much much safer than in the city and stuff. But um, one of my hardline boundaries is that I do not drink or smoke weed. I am not to be intoxicated whatsoever. If I handle a firearm, whether that's on the range or hunting or anything, I have a very, very simple system when it comes to uh, going to the lodge. It's that you wake up in the morning, you shoot the guns and hunt, you take a nap, 
and then you can drink all day. <laughs> like you, you drink afterwards. But one time at the cabin, um, you know, it was late at night and we're all fucking slamming tequila shots and getting wasted. And my dad, you know, was getting a little bit excited, I think, because, you know, we have all these young guys here and we're just having a good time and partying together. And so, you know, someone's like, hey, can we go out and shoot? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We've been we've been uh, chugging tequila. We're not going to go out with guns right now. And my dad was like, ah, oh, no, it's going to be fine. And I was like, no, uh, that's my fucking hard line. Like, I'm not going to do it. I was stupid enough to go with him. I actually, I didn't bring my gun. I said, I'm not going to shoot because I'm, yeah, I'm intoxicated. But I did go with them, which was also really dumb because I'm, I was, you know, sitting in the back of this like pickup truck in the middle of the night watching these fucking drunk idiots <laughs> uh, shove uh, magazines into their fucking assault rifles and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was scaring the shit out of me the whole time. And, uh, you know, I was there and I just didn't want to shoot. And sure enough, uh, my dad got a, a little bit of a ricochet in his fucking eye, just like something bounced back because we're not paying attention, and uh, you know, just smacked him. Um, I think he had glasses on at the time, so it didn't it didn't injure him at all. Thank God. But it like it was funny because it stopped him in his tracks. Like uh, it was like he immediately was like, oh. Uh, turns out all this uh, gun safety that I taught my son and he's now begging me to follow is the right idea. And so we packed him up and went back to the cabin. But, um, you know, that's, you know, that, that, that's, that's sadly with all the freedoms that we have in this country, um, you know, is that people are irresponsible with them, you know, and they don't use them appropriately, uh, you know, and, you know, and with speech, it can kind of be said the same way, especially at least with the danger aspect of speech. Um, Real free speech is uh, stuff you don't want to hear at all. It's fighting words. And fighting words are totally real. Fighting words are uh, a legit um, uh, form, uh, is, is a legit defense. If you ever get in a, a little jaywalk lawyer tip, if you ever uh, get in a fight with someone, um, a defense against assault is fighting words. Um, if someone comes up to you and just just won't shut up that I'm going to like fuck your mother or, you know, says something like that. Um, it, it, if, if it's bad enough, it gets considered fighting words and you can legally assault someone um, for 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 doing that, especially. Oh, wait, your mother is nothing. Uh, if it's a racial slur, you know, if you go up to if you go up to a black person and start start calling them the N word over and over again, yeah, they got it like every right to fucking smack you across the face and to beat you up. Um, they're gonna they might get in a little bit of trouble for it, but there's so much extenuating circumstances. There are fighting words attached to that. It doesn't mean you get to get the chance just to go out and just hit any random person, but uh, you know, that's that's freedom of speech for you, is that it's gonna make people very, very angry. Um and, you know, there used to be this thing that liberals would say, which is that I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death to defend your right to say it. And that idea has just just been gone. It's just it's totally uh, removed. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, and it's to me, it's 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 a shame because it's it to me, it, it tears apart um, a lot of the progress that we kind of made, especially with minority groups, you know. I think, uh, and this is a really, really hot take. So go ahead and turn this off <laughs> if you, um, if you, if you, if you are very sensitive about uh, about about free speech, or go ahead and just turn this off 
if you are very, very sensitive. I think there's this kind of sad double-edged sword um, that sometimes I have to admit that I feel is that, you know, the more that we kind of break down the boundaries of, of minorities and people who are transsexual and gay and, and, you know, cut out all of the, which was wrong, all of the discrimination that we've had before, it kind of has this double edge effect where now that we've kind of gotten over that, we've gotten over like straight up calling gay people fags, you know, and stuff like that. Now it's gone to where if there's any kind of joke or something you said in your past and it comes up, now you are on the chopping block, you know, for it. And I think that's a shame. I, I think that, you know, part of, uh, of, of being accepted is that it is also taking jokes is, <laughs> is like, you know, it's, it's almost like a revenge thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, you were mean to us before. So now we're just going to fucking take you down for anything, anything that's at all politically incorrect. We're going to cancel you. We're going to shut you down completely. That doesn't make mainstream society like you even more guys <laughs> that's the problem that that doesn't suddenly make them go oh man i'm i'm so glad we've accepted transsexuals so that now they can completely destroy anyone who's made a a, a, lay, a man in a dress joke in their life now they don't get to work anymore hooray like and i know it sounds rougher than i think i'm trying to come across uh because i really do feel um for minorities in gays and in especially transsexuals. I have had experiences with transsexuals talking to them about how fucking terrible um their their dilemma in life is and I I legit feel for it. I I met a a, a transsexual woman one time um who uh told me she was trans and I was like, "Oh, well, that's cool." And she was like, "No, it's actually not at all." She's like, "It's it kind of sucks. I basically am stuck in stuck in a like rock and a hard place." and can't date people I like, uh, am not accepted by men or women. It's fucking terrible. And, uh, it's really hard. And I have, I have the sympathies, lots and lots of sympathy for that. Um, but I do think that we still need to be able to make jokes freely. Um, you know, especially if there's not a mean spirit behind it. You know, if you, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you say, <laughs> Like, 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 especially if there isn't a mean spirit about it, and you can clearly tell there isn't a mean spirit to it. You know, I think we had a great kind of golden age, kind of in the '90s and like kind of the like the 2000s, like the Dave Chappelle era. I think that's why he's such a big proponent for kind of kind of getting away from this PC stuff. Is because to me, like the Chappelle show is like the golden age where we could make fun of everyone, where you know. You can have you, you can make fun of white people, you can make fun of black people, and we can just all fucking giggle about it and enjoy our differences and just kind of take it easy and not feel so like on edge, like we're in prison or something. It's like it feels sometimes like we're suddenly in the penitentiary where it's all about the respect, man. And, and if you fucking make a joke or something, you have to be taken down. You cannot at all be allowed to just let loose and let and let it go. And, you know, I also think that this attitude is conflated, too, with a lot of other bad things. I think there's, a, like I said, it's all about the spirit of the joke. And anyone who has more than two brain cells can tell when something was just a joke. Maybe it was a failed joke. 
and something came from the heart and was actually used to try to hurt someone. It's easy, easy, easy to tell. And whenever you just kind of play stupid and you go, oh, well, if you even say the word gay, you know, then 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 you obviously are homophobe, obviously, you know, have a problem with with gay people. I think that's 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 a willful ignorance and it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone to play stupid. So, you know, a lot and and, uh, you know, kind of kind of coming back to uh, the first skit in this show was about Joe Rogan. Um, you know, I, I, I think sadly, I think that he is going to go the route of like a Jimmy Kimmel or something and just kind of give up all the edge he kind of had and the kind of freedom that he loved to just just be kind of a mainstream dude. I think it's sad to see, um, you know, he's uh, his new studio he has this uh, statue up, this Hindu statue that is all about going through changes and stuff. And I, and I think he's like, and, and, and with the show, how he's kind of taken away all of the quote unquote alt-right people and the, uh, you know, all the controversial guests. And they're still on it up, by the way, in a rare, uh, cohesive, clear-thoughted Alex Jones video. Um, he actually said that he talked to Joe Rogan about his shows being missing in that Joe told him that they're doing something like they're keeping the top hundred best episodes and then they are going to keep those on YouTube and then transfer them over. And, uh, it's funny that whenever Alex Jones is speaking calmly and clearly, I'm most, I'm mo I'm more suspicious than ever, uh, because that hypothesis makes no sense because everyone who's gone um, besides like a, a couple, uh, which were all, which I think are already back on are all clearly what they would call alt right, right wing, uh, people or, or Chris D'Elia who got in trouble, you know, for, uh, for, for, uh, talking to underage girls, um, allegedly, allegedly, even though I'm laughing my ass off about that, <laughs> the texts look really funny. Um, and he has plenty of money, Chris, you're going to be okay. All right. But, uh, that is his top hundred episode is fucking Crystalia? I don't think so. And it's weird that he hasn't, you know, said anything on the show. Also, no Joey Diaz. Um, Joey Diaz is a is is pretty much like a scumbag Italian, which I don't really like so much. Um, you know, he said some terrible things uh, that are always jokes until they get in trouble. You know, even though I just talked about free speech and stuff. Like I said, it's all about reading between the lines. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's one thing for if I were to joke and be like, oh, yeah, whenever I go to the comedy club, like I tell every girl in there, yeah, suck my dick. You want to go on stage? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's different for Joey Diaz to go. Yeah. So I had this broad and I said, yeah, you want to go on stage? You just got to, you know, suck my cock a little bit. Yeah, she fucking did it. She sucked my cock and she was on stage. And, you know, it's just the way it used to be back then. Uh, that's not a joke, guys. That's a story. <laughs> that's a that's a terrible, inappropriate story that, um, yeah, it doesn't fucking fly. So, and just this whole, you know, attitude is he's, you know, he just said, he's like, oh, he's one of those guys who's like, it's okay to be a scumbag, like, because I admit it. Um, pro tip, it isn't. <laughs> if you admit you're a scumbag, you, I can respect you a little bit more, but you're still a fucking scumbag. Um so, uh, you know, you, you can be a scumbag and a liar or you can be an honest scumbag. You're still both scumbags. But, you know, his he's like Joe's BFF and uh, he's off 
And I've also noticed whenever like heat kind of comes on Joe Rogan's friends, like it's happened with Callan and Dalia, Joe doesn't say shit. Like I, I think he's like consciously made himself like a rule that if my friends get in trouble, like I don't say anything. Um, because you know, whenever like Brian Callen got in trouble and Chris D'Elia, all their other LA comic friends had whole shows about it. Like, oh man, this sucks. Or he didn't do it or defending them or, or crying about it and stuff. But Joe just doesn't pretend like it never even happened. Um, and I think if I, if I'm going to play uh psychologist jaywalk a little bit too, I think Joe is getting a little bit worried about how much influence his show has. Um, because it has a lot now. Uh, we all remember the infamous, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, pretending to be his, uh, his girlfriend incident. (laughs) I say it because it's a move I used to pull whenever I was like a teenage boy, which is where you have like one nice time with a girl or you meet them and they kind of like you or something. And you immediately tell everyone I got a new girlfriend. Uh, that's what Bernie Sanders did with Joe Rogan is that uh joe rogan was on the show one time talking and he he said something like i could see myself voting for sanders and i could see myself voting for someone else and immediately joe or or immediately bernie sanders is all over the place his team is going joe rogan endorses bernie sanders joe rogan is on team bernie and it it wasn't it was like he, he just said if he if if he if he could pick one he might pick them like not the same as an endorsement guys <laughs> but uh you know he, i think i think after that happened because like it was such a big deal um i think he is a little bit worried about like how much influence he's actually talked about this before like whenever guests will come on and they'll be like joe like you realize that if you like say that you take a certain vitamin supplement like it'll fly off the shelves like everyone will take it like you have serious like oprah level power over men I think it's one of the funniest jokes about Joe Rogan listeners is that it's Oprah for uh, for douchebag kind of white males. <laughs> and it totally is. Um, and you know what, ladies, sometimes men need something like that. I'm sorry. It's like it's it's like it's like having a cabin or a bowling club or, you know, something like that. Sometimes guys need a little bit of a guy zone. And I think you should just take it easy on on Joe Rogan listeners. yes. They're all, you know, kind of like kind of low IQ, kind of alpha, quote unquote, alpha male kind of guys. But let them have it. Can we just have some fun, ladies? Can we just be allowed to have a fun thing that is just for us? (sighs) But anyways, uh, I say that as someone who's I think has sort of seen the golden age end, because like I said, it's. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten afraid of his, of his, uh, of his influence enough that I think he's muzzling himself. I think he's kind of realized that, oh shit, like if I have right-wing people on the show, um, I can fucking turn the votes. Like I actually can do it. Like I can actually get Trump reelected. And if I got, if I help get, you know, Jimmy Fallon, just rub Trump's hair and had a whole goddamn crybaby fit about it. You know, had to apologize. Can you imagine if what if Joe had like Trump on, and then he fucking wins, and then for the next like four years he's got to hear just everyone going, "Oh, you had to humanize him, didn't you? You know, you had to, you know, get people." So I think he's he's been like, "Nope, not into that." I think he wants to be, you know, kind of uh, more mainstream and. 
Um, you know, he took that nice hundred million, which I still think is like not that much, Joe. Like, use your fucking brain. Uh, you have the biggest podcast on the planet. How many of these dumb C-list podcasters create their own networks and create their own paywalls and make their own no strings attached money? But you can't do that. If Joe Rogan made it, made the Joe Rogan like network, like JRN, it would it would be like hotcakes. He would make so much more than a hundred million dollars, not all at once. Um, but you know he would make so so much more. Um, to do that and to have other shows on the network and stuff, he could just build the whole thing out. He could have build studios for people and and do all that stuff. But um, you know, he just didn't. He chose kind of the easy way out. And to me, it's sad to see because I've seen this happen with other radio personalities I really, really like. Um, you know, there's that saying, you either uh, die a hero or live long enough to be the villain. And it's it's so fucking true. It's it, it, to me, the the biggest example in my life is uh, Howard Stern. You know, I can't listen to new Stern. Well, I, I love Howard Stern. I put it on the old episodes and giggle my ass off. And uh, you just can't. You just can't. He, he, it's just it's just not the same and uh you know it's it's just you know he 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 sold out he sold out whenever you even though had a, had a bunch of money because he wanted to have on regular guests and guests that wouldn't be afraid for him to ask about their penis or ask if they would jump on a vibrating uh chair or something you know but that's what made the show funny and like fresh was that it was wild and crazy. And now it's just not. Now he has like just fucking lame comedians on and and pretty much Richard and Sal are probably the only ones who still have a little bit of edge to them. But even that's gone and it's a, it's a shame. And I have a feeling that Joe Rogan has started that uh, process that now he's just going to be you're just kind of normal uh, kind of broadcaster and uh, we'll have on Miley Cyrus. And uh, maybe Billie Eilish will come on next. And Ellen DeGeneres. But Ellen DeGeneres is such a jerk because she commented yesterday on whether or not she would work with me. And uh, here's what she said. I brought in the article. Ellen not in favor of Stern on Idol. New judge Ellen DeGeneres is reportedly not in favor of Howard Stern joining American Idol. And in another article, she even got... This is an article by Bill Zwecker of the Sun-Times. He got her saying this. You know, this is a little bit more elaborate. DeGeneres apparently is making it clear that if Stern is hired, she'd immediately leave the show. <laughs> she just debuted Tuesday night replacing Paul Abdul. Uh, okay, look, here's the point. I happen to be a human being, whether you knew it or not. And... I've told you in the past, I've had many opportunities in my career to make sure that people don't get work. And I never took the opportunity. I'll tell you why. It's bad karma. Let's suppose American Idol is my big dream job. Let's suppose I didn't make that great a living and this was a big opportunity for me. For Ellen DeGeneres to actively go and say, I'm quitting the show and I will not work here with Howard Stern is to rain on my parade. Now, she's lucky I don't need this fucking job. I don't, need, I don't need American Idol. That's not my career goal. I didn't get into this business to, to sit there and fantasize about judging karaoke contests. So I'm okay with this. But when you piss on somebody's job opportunity, you know, 
Ellen really wanted to be a judge on American Idol. wasn't her goal when she got into the business, but she really wanted it, and she took the job. She would deny me my dream job because she doesn't like me personally. And that's why I told you Ellen's a cunt. And let me tell you another thing. I'm putting a curse on Ellen DeGeneres. Now, when you ask me what a curse is, I told you it is bad karma for anyone to block anybody from getting a job, unless they've murdered someone. If she's in a position to say to the American Idol bosses, it's either me or him, if she puts that to them, that's really bad karma. And wait and see, within the next year or so, things are going to go horribly wrong for her. Is I'm her whole you. life going to come crashing down around her? Uh, yeah. That's the karma. I believe in it, and I believe that's the worst thing you can do. That's just the way it goes. She is now forever cursed. And that face of hers, I mean, that, that, she looks like she smelled bad pussy. You know? <laughs> They can leave a permanent mark on a bird. I think that's what I, I think before she got famous, she had a lot of bad pussy. And that nose is it's forever crinkled. And she's like, it's like, that's the face. They love you wherever you go. This is the pinnacle of my career. You know, I've been at this for like almost 40 years. But to one day be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I mean, this was what it was all about. I'm building, building, building slowly. That's why... That's why it took you so long. That's what it is. This is very exciting. Daytime television and me. Perfect pairing. Yes. It's unbelievable. It's, at one point in your career, it would not have been a perfect pairing, but you've mellowed in your... In your... I've mellowed. I've become an elder statesman of radio, of television, of media. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I'm so relaxed. You know, I, um, by the way, I am very thrilled to be here. Uh, Ellen is in my book. See, I'm not going to make this whole show about Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to kind of get back to my, uh, my point on, on democracy. Is that democracy is very, very slow. It's ineffective. It doesn't always pick the right ideas. But it's that breaking power that I enjoy about it. And, you know, something that you have to remember whenever you go vote is that uh, your vote really doesn't matter that much. It's, you're really putting a lot of faith in your fellow citizens to pick the right person. Um, whenever uh, the election was happening in 2016, I talked about this with someone, about how at the end of the day, I have to trust uh, my fellow citizen to make the right choice. You know, I just have to. It's, 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 it's part of, uh, you know, living in this country is that my neighbors, I have to be able to trust that they'll make the right choice. And I'm okay with that. And if you're not okay with that, and you think that we need to get a certain agenda in and you want to, you know, raise a bunch of money to advertise that, to change people's minds, to get everyone on your side, you're kind of not for democracy in a way. You're, you're kind of more for your own thing to go through. And that, my friend, makes you an authoritarian. It makes you an authoritarian light. Maybe more of someone who's into an oligarchy than a straight-up dictatorship, but you're kind of in that camp if you can't give your fellow citizen the dignity to have their own decision and to make up their own mind or, or to think that they're stupid, too stupid to figure it out without you shoving it down their throat. Be a little humble about it. Um, and, you know, whenever it, uh, whenever it comes to, you know, all this uh, stuff that's happening right now, I um, mean, you know, I kind of wanted to touch on this briefly was, you know, all of this, this rioting um, and, uh, and not, not quite even the rioting and, and the looting and stuff in the protests, of course, 
But, you know, I, I look at the, I watch the news and I see, you know, these shootings happening and these fights. And, uh, you know, I don't see a lot of African-Americans like standing in a line and asking for justice and reform. I see a lot of fucking white people um, basically LARPing. And for those who don't know what LARPing is, it stands for live action role playing. And it is something that turbo turbo nerds do where they go out in the forest and they have like fake swords and fake shields. And, um, you know, they like they'll throw like little bean bags and they'll make those like energy weapons and they pretend to be wizards and, and soldiers and stuff. And they have play fights. It's adult play fighting. That's kind of what I'm seeing whenever I see like Antifa versus Proud Boys and all these right wing and left wing kind of groups like acting like this is uh, fucking gangs of New York where we just go out and we have melee fights with each other and all white, by the way, all fucking white people doing this, which, which should be shameful to take the, the, the injustices against African-Americans and use that as your little fucking live action role-playing game to go out and, and fight the Nazis or fight the commies. It's, it's disturbing and it's really, really immature whenever I see it and people are getting killed over this and, that, and it's fucked up. And, you know, I, I don't have any sympathy for you. Sorry. You, if you if you want to if you want to play soldier and go out and, uh, you know, bring your gun or bring your bat and something and stuff, um, you're you're open to, to being a casualty of war. You're basically a combatant at that point. You made yourself a combatant, in my opinion. Um, you have no you have no business doing that. You have no business going out and defending a car lot or in the case of the Trump supporter who got shot, deciding that you saw a Trump caravan, you saw a black guy yell, yell, at, a, yell at a car, and now you got to pull out your goddamn gun and uh, put yourself in the middle of it? No, no, no. You deserve everything bad's going to happen to you um, on either side. And one thing I want to say to all these white guys LARPing out here is just join the fucking military, okay? It's that simple. Like, we have a great military where they'll pay you, they'll pay for your college and you don't have to go out and shoot your dumb, like, you know, semi-audio AR. They'll give you a full on M like a full automatic M4 baby. They'll give you like grenades and everything. And you get to go out to another country and you can have all the fun you want shooting your guns and, and, and having actual confrontations and fights with people. We have a place for that. It's called the military. I knew a lot of, I knew real people in high school who joined the military for that very reason. I, I have a friend of mine. He's a great guy, but he was straight up like, I want to go out and fucking shoot a gun. I want to go fight people. And so there we go. We have a place for it. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of sick of this shit. Kind of sick of, of seeing this, um, like stupid gangs of New York, uh, LARPing happening where we're, where all these white people with nothing better to do are going to go out and, uh, you know, play fight is, uh, is, is have like a, like a play civil, civil war with each other. It's bullshit. Um, and it's dangerous. And, uh, frankly, it takes any sort of point that you wanted to make about creating reform and, uh, making things better. It makes it moot because it makes you look like a child. It makes you look like someone who has never grown up and it's it's uh, it's disgusting so just fucking stay home protest march but if you want to go out and play soldier just stay home because you're gonna get killed you're gonna get shot you're gonna get killed or you're gonna make things way way worse for everyone else 
Um, and I say this as a, as a gun owner, I say this as someone who, who I believe who, who thinks that people do have the right to bear arms and do have the, even the right to, to open carry them. I think open carry is actually safer than concealed carry because then a police officer, you know, can see what you have. And that's actually something with a lot of the shootings with cops and stuff that people don't really seem to understand is a lot of people got upset, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that Kyle, that's, that's that, that uh, 17 year old kid with the long gun, um, wasn't shot by the cops. Like someone else would be with it, with, with it, with a gun and the re and they're like, but he had a, he had this giant gun just strapped around him. Yeah. That kind of makes it safer in a cop's eyes. I mean, think about it logically. If you can see someone's gun on them and then they have their hands up away from it, you can go grab it. If, if you, if you don't see anything on them and they got a fucking Glock, like, you know, tucked in their back, um, that's far more dangerous. And yes, you have to assume then, you know, whatever they have on them and, you know, it's, it's just, it actually is safer to open carry. It's why a lot of states like Texas, it's much easier to open carry because on the side of law enforcement, they can see what you're dealing with and, uh, they can make appropriate, uh, steps if you get a line, as opposed to if you just have something hidden on you, um, so, like I said, as someone who agrees with that, with that right, uh, you don't have the right to play the police. You don't have the right to go uh, pretend to be the cops and to go around and to try to, like, stop people and, like, break up crimes and shit. You just you just don't. Sorry. We live in a civil society that leaves that up to people who are supposed to be trained and who are given the permission of the states to uh, uh, to use force. And a 17-year-old who wants to play the police, you don't have that. So, um, like I said, in a, you know, just to kind of wrap all this up, uh, let's be better, people. So this is kind of a different style of show. I just want to kind of see how it goes. You know, um, you think my opinions are dumb. You think they're like just privileged white male speak. Then let me know. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Lower Your Expectation. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Instagram, Lower Your Expectation Podcast. And email me, Lower Your Expectation Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to know. I'm going to check kind of the, the the listens on this and kind of see. And I always get kind of nice advice from people who listen to it. And We'll see. You know, I, I don't want this to turn into a political show at all. Like, so th these will be kind of rare things, but you know, it's something on my mind. And a lot of the reason I made this podcast was was to create a platform where I can say my opinions freely without having my grandma on Facebook get upset and yell at me about it or something. So um, these are my hot takes, and uh, I'm going to try to make a little bit more consistent. Let's say. Uh, a week to two weeks. It really depends on if I get something good in my mind, guys. I'm not going to push this. If I push this, it's going to start getting stupid. Um, I could just make every episode just about a movie or something I watch, but I'm going to try to make them uh, somewhat informative, somewhat smart, and, uh, you know, just just uh, take it easy, I guess, and enjoy your week. Uh, stay safe. Um, and uh, don't go LARPing. Bye-bye. But before you go, Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! Stay 
Sleep! 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 Sleep!